Well, today we got a little, uh, I'm going to change gears a little bit. We've been doing a series on the church, the importance of God's church, the importance of our local church, the importance of us being involved and serving. And today I entitled my sermon, One Word, Attitude. Now, what's funny about attitude is you can, even that word carries such attitude, doesn't it? I mean, it depends on how you say it. Attitude. Attitude. Psh. You ever hear that one? Psh. Meh. Attitude can be nonverbal, too. I apologize to those who may be listening, but I'm now going to communicate attitude. Right? Attitude. Webster's defines attitude this way. The way you think and feel about something. Or a feeling or a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. A way of thinking and behaving that people regard as unfriendly, rude, or threatening. And finally, a position of the body or manner of carrying oneself. How many of you this week who are parents used the word attitude in some way, shape, or form with your children? Watch your attitude. You are full of attitude. My favorite, you are 100% undiluted attitude. How many of you have ever coached a sports team? How many of you are teachers? How about law enforcement? You see attitude, don't you? Never. Are any of you bosses, managers in your place of work? When we talk of attitude, we all recognize the importance of a good or a bad attitude. You ever have a boss, a, a boss with a bad attitude? How does that work? Makes your life difficult, doesn't it? A bad attitude can be toxic. Have you ever stepped into a situation in your bad day or your lousy attitude just killed the atmosphere? I know I have. I've been guilty of that. Sometimes you walk home from work and you can tell the kids and the wife are having a great day and you've had a bad day and you just go, I'm not going to stand for this good day anymore. I'm bringing it down. If I suffer, we all suffer. <laughs> wow, how selfish, huh? I hope I don't expose too much of myself today and you boot me out of here. But there's a disease we all have. This morning, it's always dangerous to go off script. I'm in the shower and I was just thinking and praying, praying for my message. And I thought of a song DC Talk did, but I believe it was written by Charlie Peacock. And it says, the disease of self runs through my soul it's a cancer fatal to my soul. Every behalf on my behalf has failed to bring the sickness under control. Self-focused. We have a selfish attitude. And it can be verbal. It can be silent. Yet attitude, most of the times is very clearly identified. We can't hide a good attitude. We can't hide a bad attitude. 
our breathing, our posture, our eyes, our hands, and our arms. All we do communicates attitude. Good or bad, our actions are tied to our attitude, aren't they? I was thinking biblically. I was trying to think of, and we'll get to it in our passage, but I always, with my kids, marvel at their attitude sometimes. And I don't marvel that much because they inherited it from me. But we have a saying that, you know, slow obedience isn't obedience. You know, we'll ask them to do something, and then every once in a while, they'll, they'll do it, but you can tell that their heart is a million miles away. I think of Jonah. Go preach to Nineveh. I want to save him. And what, Jonah, like, no. No. Well, okay, I'm going to take care of this, Jonah. I'm sending you there. And he still wanted to watch him die at the end, didn't he? He was mad that God had saved those people. Bad attitude. We can be guilty of it too. A good attitude, though, it acts in opposition to bad attitude, doesn't it? We've all experienced times when someone has a proper attitude, they have a great attitude, and it becomes contagious. You ever leave someone and go, I just enjoyed being around that person. They have a great attitude. Now, sometimes it's so good, you just marvel at it. You go, what? Did, where do you, how, how do you do this? Why are you so happy? They're so optimistic. You know, we as Christians, we should be that way because of God's grace, because of what he's done and where he's taken us. So I want to ask you a very important question today, and I want you to think only about yourself. And this has been a hard week for me, rummaging through this and studying and examining my own heart. And so discipline yourself this morning to think only about yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to work and move within you this morning. Allow the word of God to penetrate your heart, to allow your heart to be properly evaluated. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? What is your attitude towards church? Or more importantly, what is your attitude towards Christ and his church? And yes, I'm taking it all the way down today. Let's take it down to the local level. Yes, we are all part of the universal church by God's grace. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. But yet we worship here, don't we? And attitude is so important. Uh, A poor attitude brings things down. A great attitude builds things up. And by the grace of God, I want to ask, what should our attitude be towards church? What is the proper attitude? And so let's turn to our first passage. Turn to Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, we see some dialogue going on here. Verse 20 of chapter 20. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, see that these two sons of mine are to sit. One at your right hand and one at your left in, the, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, 
You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now see, what happened? What what caused this conversation to take place? If you look back in chapter 19, you see this at the end, verse 27, it says, Then Peter said in reply, See if we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? What's in it for me? Is what Peter's asking. Truly I say to you, Jesus said, In the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me, You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. I have a question for you. How many of you have a nickname? Any of you have a nickname? How many of you like your nickname? Oftentimes, good, I saw one hand. That's nice. That's rare. That is rare. Nicknames. Where do they come from? Most of the time, we don't pick our nickname, do we? We try. We might say, hey, I want like tough guy or something like that. You know, give me, give me something good. But no, most of the time, we get nicknames we don't like. But they usually have something that we don't like them because it oftentimes kind of hits close to our physical appearance or who we are. I've been called every nickname you can think of in relation to my name. I've been Ronald Reagan, Ronald McDonald, which in my flesh and in my younger years would have gotten you hit. Ronaldo. First. Firsty. Fishhook. Ronnie, don't call me that, please. Some of you do, and I just let it slide. It's not my favorite. On my baseball team, we loved giving nicknames. Guess what we called the slowest guy on the team? Wheels. Roy, Skinny, Hoops. My brother is known as Chi Man. Don't know where it came from. But I go, hey, Chi. He goes, hey. Just like that. We're a little bit alike. Nicknames. Well, we got two brothers here. They had nicknames. Given to them by Jesus. Do you know what it was? It's kind of cool in a way. The Sons of Thunder. Sounds like, you know, like Monster Truck Rally, huh? (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sons of Thunder. Right? It's the Sons of Thunder. 
Well, how do they get this? Where do you get a nickname like Sons of Thunder? I believe it's because of their boldness. And we see their boldness on display here in this passage. But also, if you look in Luke 9, and this, this is an interesting little passage. Luke chapter 9, good old James and John, full of mercy. Look at verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent, his, sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And they went on to another village. Sons of thunder. Hey, Lord. Can we call down fire from heaven? They liked fireworks or something. Not a lot of mercy in that statement, is there? So we see some bold boldness here. And now it's important to note too. Back in the passage in Matthew, we see James and John asking the question. In this text that we're looking at, the passage has mother coming up to Jesus to ask the big question. Mark 10 attributes the question to James and John. Now it's important to note that the answer Jesus gives is addressed to James and John. Which, by the way, were cousins of Jesus, and the mother was Jesus' aunt. But we notice in this text that the answer Jesus gives is addressed to James and to John. And so this question can just rightly be attributed to them. And here's how we know, too. Why was it addressed to James and John? The other ten were indignant at the question. They were upset that that was asked. See, James and John were asking a very bold, very bold question. Let us sit next to you in your kingdom. One on the left, one on the right. Now, when Jesus had announced, you're going to have thrones, I don't know about you, <clears throat> but there is a part of me that if someone said, hey, you'll be ruling, you'll have a throne in my kingdom, let's be honest. There's something cool about that, isn't there? I mean, in our flesh, in our cell, like, well, yeah, a throne for me. Ron the ruler <laughs> has a good ring to it. I kind of like that. Tim the Terrible. <laughs> I'll rule. I'm going to beat them down. I don't like these Romans. I'm going to take care of this. Am I the only one who's kind of self-focused that way? So the, you know this was rummaging around in their heads. What's he mean by that? We need more details. They're mad at James and John, but I think on the second part they're like, oh, I'm glad we're getting to the bottom of this because it's my seat to the right and the left. They were indignant. How dare you ask for what belongs to me, is what they were saying. They wanted the position. <clears throat> I mean, think of me. Okay, we'll use me as an example for a moment. 
When Steve Jobs passed away, what was big in the news? Who's going to take over Apple? Who's the next big guy at Apple? Who's going to make the decisions? Who's going to make the money? Who's going to develop the next iPod or iPhone? Who is the new chief? Now, when that position was filled, and I don't know who it is, how do you think I felt when Apple put in a new CEO, new president? I didn't care. Not a bit. I don't care enough that I don't even know who it is. I just care that my iPhone works. And that every two years, Verizon gives me a new one. With a $70 upgrade fee that's supposed to be free, which really confuses me. <laughs> but I don't have even the smallest bit of jealousy for Apple CEO. Why? I don't aspire to the job. Don't want it, not qualified, don't care. Someone gets that job, I am not indignant. I know my role. And in the Apple world, I use an iPad, an iPhone, and I like iTunes. That's it. But when it's something different, something we do care about, something we do aspire to, when we aspire a position or recognition, it hits closer to home, doesn't it? And we can quickly move to a bad place, and attitude can change. What do we want? We want recognition. We want to be noticed. We want to feel appreciated. Recognition is part of us. And again, I hope you guys don't you know, throw me out. But I like recognition. I'm going to admit it. When I tip at Starbucks, I can't stand it if they don't see me do it. <laughs> if it's quarters and change, I drop it a little bit higher so it makes the sound. If I put paper in the, in the thing, I almost want to sound a trumpet. <clears throat> hey, look. And yes, I will take extra caramel in my frappuccino. Because I take care of you, you take care of me. We want recognition. Look what I'm doing. We may not want to necessarily be a, a leader to have a throne in the church. But it's very easy and quite quickly our service can become about me. Become about us as individuals. Our likes and dislikes can quickly become of first importance in, in our church life. It's sad when we hear I don't like the music or I don't like the style, and we make a list. But I do like Sunday school. I do like our building. I like most of the people. I once went into a church, was visiting, and it was Love Your Church Sunday. And it was actually kind of sad. I remember leaving discouraged. It wasn't a church I belonged to, but basically it was, message went like this, and, and there really wasn't a text, and it was like, love your church because we have Sunday school. We take care of your kids. Love your church because we have good music. Love your church because we gather together as those saved by Christ. And it's not about us. 
Have you ever left church or a church function ministry and had this thought? And it's tough, and we're human, and I have had these feelings. You just say, I feel very unappreciated right now. That's easy to have happen, isn't it? And let me say this with all my heart. If you serve here and you feel unappreciated, I'm sorry. I am. You are appreciated. There are things that go on behind the scenes that, that I may never know. We as pastors may never know. And we can't always, and sometimes we fail in recognizing the efforts that you put forth. And I speak for the leadership here. Thank you for all you do. But realize this, you serve Christ when you serve his church. And he sees. And ultimately, that's what matters. We struggle when we're passed over for a position at church. Or when it just doesn't go the way we like. These are difficult, and I understand the struggle. But often we're like James and John. We're seeking a position of prominence or too strong a desire to be recognized and honored, and then the self wrecks the attitude we should have. When it comes to attitude, really, there's two attitudes, right? Bad attitude and good attitude. We understand bad attitude really well. We understand our struggle with it. We know it doesn't take long for our focus to be on ourselves so quickly, doesn't it? So quick. So what's the proper attitude? Well, look what Jesus says. Jesus called to them and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, this is back in Matthew 20, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. True greatness is being a servant. Proper attitude is your second or your last. Everyone else is first. And when we have that attitude, We take on Christ-likeness because he was a servant. He came as a sacrifice and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. Turn to Philippians 2. I want, I want you to grasp anew this morning just what Jesus has done. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and there is, and that's what Paul is saying, he says this, complete my joy. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing 
from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more important or significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this, the word of the day, attitude in yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christ emptied himself. We don't like downgrades, do we? <clears throat> Any of you in the market for a new car? How many of you go, hey, let's make this extreme. I think it's time to get rid of my Ferrari. Man, that Kia looks awesome. No offense to Kia owners. I'm not, I'm just, it's just comparing, okay? Actually, pretty good car from what I hear. 100,000 mile warranty. There we go. A Ferrari doesn't want to go to a Kia. We don't want to do that. Do you know that when uh, we went to get Katie in China, this was fantastic. My father-in-law traveled a ton. And he blessed us with business class tickets to China. I have now seen how the other half <laughs> lives. Flying will never be the same for me. I know that they're eating haagen up there. I know that they're getting blankets and slippers and hot towels and all-you-can-eat cup of noodles on Japan Airlines. Comforts. Seriously, I don't think I've been more relaxed and comfortable in my life. It was fantastic. Then I went to the Philippines and I thought I was being smart. I knew I would be back in the back. And I said, hey, I want the exit seat. Oh yeah, it's available. Yes. Very excited about that. With the window, nothing in front of me. Well, the door came out. It didn't like lay flush. So I sat all the way to the Philippines, kind of <laughs> like this. And I go, oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> Full flight, thinking I got the best seat in the house for steerage, and I didn't. We don't like downgrades, do we? We like upgrades. Better house. I'm not going to, you know, that, I want better. It's almost like that 18th year Verizon went, what's better, better or worse? Well, better is better, the little kids. When something's better, it's better. We know this. Look what Christ did. And I know we're seeing humor in this, but this is amazing. He left heaven and did not count equality with God something to hold on to. He did not leave heaven with his fingernails digging in saying, I don't want to go. But where was he? He was in perfect harmony, one with the Father. And he had been there from eternity past. And he came here. 
And he didn't fight it. He didn't go kicking and screaming. He emptied himself and became a man, fully God and fully man. And it says he became a servant and he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, and he did that for you. I don't know about you, I don't like downgrades. The idea of leaving Hawaii to go to Fresno is not nice. Where do you want to go on vacation? Fresno or Maui? Let me think. Maui. Where do you want to be? Heaven. With your father. Ruling. Worshipped. Earth as a baby. To die. To become sin on our behalf. To on the cross endure suffering and separation from the Father. What did Jesus do? He humbled himself and it says, made himself nothing. True greatness is being a great servant. It's sacrificing. The remedy for an attitude struggle that we all have in regards to church life, to our whole life, your joy at church, your attitude at church, your attitude in your marriage, in your family, in your school, in your job, in your neighborhood, in your life circumstances. This remedy works everywhere, and it's this, by the grace of God, through Christ in us, through his redeeming work, our lives here at church, at our jobs, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, on vacation, stranded on a desert island, wherever we are, is not about you. And it's not about me. It's about being a servant. Jesus is king, so we obey the king. And we serve the king by being Christ-like, and Jesus Christ was a servant. What is the attitude we should have? We should be a servant. Serve others. Others are more important. And we fight for that. We come and say, it is not about me. It's not about my preferences. I'm going to prefer others. Jesus Christ was a servant. He came to die. Do you lack joy? Serve the king. Joy will come. Serve Christ by serving one another. Remember, Christ is our example. What a savior. He emptied himself. He willingly, graciously, and humbly left heaven, became a servant, became a man, and died a horrific death. Are we willing to die to self, to give our lives for Christ, to serve one another. God's grace in our lives enables us to do this. A Christ-like attitude 
changes church life. I have here, out of time, two pages of the one another's in scripture. Be at peace with one another, love one another, wash one another's feet, meaning serve. Love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another, it's said a lot. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. It's not about us, it's not about me. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But rather, determine this, not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's way. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Don't be first. Through love, serve one another. Bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfilling the law of God, law of Christ. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Do not lie to one another. Bear with one another. Forgive each other. You get the picture? Do you see what scripture is so clearly saying? Live in peace with one another because it's not about us. It's about the glory of Christ. How can attitude change? How can good attitude have the attitude of Christ? And Christ was a servant. That's the point today. Kids, when... Parents say, hey, what'd you hear in church? I'm going to give you the answer right now. Be a servant because Christ was a servant. It's not about me. Isn't that great? I'm thankful it's not about me. Because, man, uh, I'm wrong oftentimes. I'm not always right. It's about Christ. Christ first, right? In all things. Well, let's pray and we'll close with the song. Father, I thank you for your word. and It's really a, a simple truth today. Yet deep at the same time. Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ who humbled himself. And he came and bore the cross for our sins. Father, that truth alone changes everything. Father, as we live with one another, Lord, there's so much to do. And Father, I would pray that none in here would leave today feeling burdened to try harder or feel overwhelmed that they have to do better. But Father, may we rest in your grace. May we know that Christ within us empowers us to be Christ-like and Christ was a servant. So Father, may we rest in you, may we humble ourselves, know that you are great and that greatness comes 
by being a servant. Give us eyes to see where we need to serve one another. And Father, we would ask that we would be known as followers of Christ who serve you by serving others, by serving one another. It's in Jesus' great name we pray, amen.